It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from the first one with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is the first one. I talk to the most iconic artists on the planet about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. We hear from all the A-list music stars like J Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland, who tell their stories about their first hits that took them to being overlooked to being overbooked. Join me every Thursday, only on Amazon Music. If you're a pro, you know that this is not efficient. Because you know there's a better way. There's also a better way to save. When pro customers buy building supplies in bulk at Lowe's, they save up to 20% every day. Buy in bulk and save up to 20% on concrete, gypsum, and gypsum accessories. At Lowe's, buy more, save more. Visit the Pro Desk or Lowe'sForPros.com for details. Discount applies to contractor pack items. Minimum purchase required, U.S. only. You are locked on Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine on Twitter, at Locked On Bengals, at James Erpine. Subscribe, iTunes, and Audioboom.com. Sorry we missed you yesterday. Back at it today with a huge, huge show. In fact, our next three shows, we're going to close this week off strong. Dave Lapham today, tomorrow John Ledyard. NFL draft analyst Joe Goodberry working on him for Friday. So a guest on every day this week to uh, finish out a week, finish out the week strong. And Dave Lapham joins us now, obviously Bengals Radio Network. He's the man for all Bengals offseason news. Dave, I appreciate you joining us. Let's start with Andrew Whitworth and Kevin Zeitler. Both of those guys depart in free agency just give me your thoughts on how this Bengals offensive line looks without them. Well, yeah, there's no doubt they lost their two best offensive linemen and uh, two offensive linemen that get the most money in free agency. They both uh, set the bar at uh, 12 million bucks apiece. Um, with obviously at the tail end of his career and Kevin Zeidler and Cleveland's opinion at the uh, in the prime of his career, they gave him the most money any guard has ever gotten in the National Football League. So um, obviously, uh, got some work to do. I mean, the pressure. It's going to be on Paul Alexander. It's going to be on Fisher. It's going to be on Obwehi. It's going to be on Andre Smith. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be. They're going to have to do um, things differently, obviously, than they did last year because they've got different people they're working with that have different abilities, and maybe some techniques are going to have to change a little bit. But uh, there's going to be a lot of scrutiny on that offensive line. I know Cedric Obwehi is uh, is doing everything he can this off season to. Uh, toughen himself up, basically, is what it boils down to. You know, he's uh, he's at boot camp, as such, and uh, and he's he's working hard and they're trying to develop uh, a little bit better anchor ability and and uh, and toughness in, in terms of responding to people bull rushing them left and right. So that's a good starting point for him. Looking at this team, they they have stars. I mean, they they have really good players, great players. AJ Green, Vontez, Perfect, Geno Atkins, but. I look at this roster and just compared to a couple years ago, and really looking at it last year, they didn't do anything exceptional. The running game, the getting to the passer, there's nothing I could say they do great. Uh, is that something between now and in September they, they need to establish an identity of either running the ball well or getting to the passer or just being great in, in one or two areas? Yeah, I, I think they do have to 
you know, determine what it is that, uh, that, you know, when push comes to shove, when their backs are against the wall, what can they count on? What is it that they can do to get them over the top to win football games? And every defensive quarter in the NFL would take the inside-outside pass rush of Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap. That's a good starting point for a defensive football team in today's NFL that, you know, wants to throw it every down, um, pressuring the quarterback in a myriad of ways, not only sacking the quarterback, but getting him off his spot, you know, um, making him uh, have to uh, extend and create plays and making him uncomfortable, not allowing him to step up in the pocket, you know, uh, it just all the things that go along with it when you have a good inside and outside pass rusher. And um, honestly, you know, Bengals in this run that they've had, uh, which is which has been a good run. There's no doubt. Five, uh, absolutely. You know, making the playoffs five times in the last seven years. It's been a, it's been a nice run, um, but they've never done damage in free agency. It's always been with the draft, so they're not ones to uh, step out in free agency as such. Eleven draft picks. Cleveland and Cincinnati are tied for the most in the NFL, and the Bengals were all about the compensatory picks. James, as you know, I mean, twenty-eight compensatory picks. Uh, you know, tied for ninth since 94. Uh, so, you know, teams that are leading the NFL with compensatory picks, Baltimore, Green Bay, Dallas, New England, four, you know, three of the franchises, perennial playoff team. Dallas obviously has had a great year last year. So, I mean, I think, I think in today's football, you have to be able to do a little of both. I think that you, you uh, improve your team uh, most, most readily and quickly by utilizing the draft and free agency and not one or the other. Um, the Bengals have been all about the draft and very little in free agency. Others have been all about free agency and really haven't put their bat in the ball in the draft. And, um, you know, I think, I think teams that, that combine it a little bit are the ones that, uh, ones that benefit the most. But, you know, when you look at some of these teams that have, uh, you know, have stockpiled compensatory picks and tried to lose the draft three or three or four have been, and counting the Bengals, four out of the five have been pretty successful, you know, in that arena where it's like build through the draft, develop your players, and, and um, you know, retain them when you possibly can. Lap, you, you look at this draft, and, and I hear it's a deep draft for, for pass rushers, and, and obviously the Bengals need a pass rusher. Is, is that something with the ninth pick? Because I, I look at this draft, and it's, it's the first time since 2011 where they had a top 10 draft pick, and, and they drafted A.J. Green fourth that year. I, if you're a Bengals fan, you have to hope you can get someone that has that kind of impact this year. Do, do you think that kind of guy, kind of player, will be there potentially at nine? I, I, you know, you hear guys say that there are four superstar type type players in this year's draft, and then from then on, you know, you get the same type of player from pick number five to maybe pick number forty. You know, not a huge difference in their grades. I think it'll all depend on how. Bengals, you know, set their top 10 on their board, you know, when they do their top 50 players in the league, if, if in fact there's a receiver that they have rated, like they had A.J. Green rated as the best player in the draft when they get him with the fourth pick. Yeah. The draft. They have him rated as number one prospect in the entire draft. I mean, if they've got one of those two wide receivers rated higher than, you know, any remaining pass rusher at number nine, I wouldn't be surprised to see him pull the trigger at wide receiver, you know, because let's face it, you, you, you talk about areas where you can go from good to great. If you could get another pass rusher to go along with Atkins and Dunlap, you know, another young guy that can really uh, put him over the top in that area in terms of, well, you've got three guys you got to worry about now. Or 
get another receiver that can uh, do damage on the other side of A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert in the middle of the football field, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you're taking two of your you know, positions where you do have some good assets. If all things being equal, everybody stays healthy. You know, as we know, I mean, Tyler and A.J. were on the field you know, two or three games last year together. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. That, that's, that's the strength of your offense, not even being a factor in the, in the season. And, and the other thing that, you know, in my mind, William Jackson and Andrew Billings, uh, last year, in last year's draft, a lot of people had both of them praised as first-round talent. They, they did, Billings, yeah. yeah. they get Billings in the fourth. It's like adding two extra first-round picks, so you have 11 picks in this year's draft, plus two potential first-round-type talents that uh, couldn't even contribute for you last year. So, you know, you, you, this is gonna, it's going to be a very, very big draft and a very, very big um, off-season or preseason in terms of evaluating and, and slotting that talent and seeing what you can come up with. Dave, they, they obviously re-signed Dre Kirkpatrick, Adam Jones still on the roster. You, you mentioned William Jackson the third, and, and I think it's interesting if, if Adam Jones is, is still on this roster and they have Dre Kirkpatrick, I, I, look at the, I look at the depth chart and I'm not sure where – uh, William Jackson the third is going to be able to get in get in the game and get some playing time. Well, yeah, and then you throw Darquez Denard in there as well, and yep. now you get four number one uh, draft pick corners again. You know, yep. I mean, it's like something that they've uh, they've hung their hat on. You have that kind of depth, and and honestly, you know, maybe not in the starting lineup, but as we know, you're going to have three, and you basically you have to have four corners the way everybody's spreading the field. Because a lot of times, you know, these tight end slash receiver, if you get a long corner like a William Jackson. You know, might be able to match up with these big, tall, you know, tight end slash wide receiver, you know, type guys. So, I mean, I, I don't think he can have enough corners in today's NFL. And if uh, all if, if all hands are on deck, depending on what happens with Adam Jones and and again with Darquez Denard being nicked up and William Jackson missing his whole you know rookie year, they've been they've been definitely stung by the injury bug in the, in the back end. They can have a healthy season on the back end. Uh, you know, now all of a sudden you get you get four pretty talented guys. You know, before you, uh, you know, before you even have to consider going to other guys that have made contributions, shown they can they can play a little bit. You know, Josh Shaw has shown he's versatile, can play you know both inside and outside. And I think I think Barry Russell is going to be an interesting guy. You know, third yeah. round talent out of Notre Dame. So um, you, you know, just going to have to let it play out. See guys stay healthy and let it play out and let them fight it out. When you you look at this this draft in in last year. I think a lot of people realized that they wanted to potentially get a, a wide receiver, maybe a speedster in round one. They really haven't found that guy since. Uh, they did re-sign Brandon LaFell, and Tyler Boyd had a good season. You think if it's not round one, that they take a, a wide receiver that adds that, that dimension uh, of downfield threat in the draft? Yeah, I, I could see him taking that. Uh, even if they do take a receiver in, in round one, if it's not that uh, you know vertical guy, I think they'll take another one. That is a vertical guy, you know. Um, if if if, uh, if they don't get the guy that and runs the sub four four forty or you know is like a four four two guy, if they don't get him, um, but they but they get a guy that is a is a playmaker and has you know good speed and is is a is a very talented wide receiver that played well, you know whether it be the the, the ACC or or the uh, or the MAC. I mean those mm-hmm. two receivers, number one and number two, depending on who you listen to and. And talk to and, and uh, looking at the tape yourself. I mean, you can you can make cases for both guys. Um, neither one of them is, is is noted as a huge speedster. One a little faster than the other. One bigger than the guy who's a little faster than the other. 
it, it would not shock me. I mean, but that's the beauty of having 11 picks. If you have a need, you have a pass rusher need, you have a wide receiver need, double down. Double down. I mean, it increases your odds of hitting one. You don't hit one in the first round. Hey, David Verser and Chris Collinsworth. Verser in round one, Collinsworth in round two. Verser didn't pan out. Collinsworth was very good. Yep. Excellent. You know what I mean? So no matter what the situation, whatever position group you need, double down. I'm not saying take wide receivers in the first and second round or pass rushers <laughs> in the first and second round or whatever, but you know, when, when you've got uh, you know, multiple picks because these compensatories, you know, next year even more so. God, you know, but this year, you know, you're looking at uh, you're looking at an extra fourth rounder. Uh, there'd probably still be a value wide receiver that's got good enough speed even in the fourth round or the third round if you take one in the first. I mean, I, I would I would not hesitate to double down. Lap, when you, you look at this running back class, I, I definitely think the Bengals will, will consider a running back at some point in the draft. They met with Joe Mixon. Do, do you think that that that's a, an option uh, for the Bengals in the draft? That's going to be very interesting. Uh, I get to know Joe Mixon a little bit doing um, Oklahoma spring games and uh, actually talked to him before his incident when uh, he was a high school senior at the spring game before his freshman year at Oklahoma. And, you know, Stoops and all the coaches were so high on that. We got one here. Now this guy, this guy is unbelievable. He's the real deal. He's legit. And he was an impressive 18-year-old. Gosh, he looked like a, you know, a man at 18 years old. And then, you know, all the uh, all the problems unfolded, and it it all depends. I mean, it, it depends on the vetting process. Uh, you know what your what your gut feel is. What kind of a support system you think you have? Um, can your team take the bullets they're going to take uh, after he's selected? Because there are going to be bullets, both not only with uh, from from your community but other communities in the NFL. I mean, yeah, are you uh, are you built to withstand that? Can can the support system hold up? Um, you know, is it uh, is it impermeable? I mean, a lot of those things you have to you have to consider. So, um, I will say though, I you know I, I met I met him before the incident and after the incident, and I, of course it's not I can't say it's on a day to day basis or anything close to that. But my dealings with him, he was the same guy before and the same guy after, made a humongous mistake, I mean, inexcusable, humongous mistake. How do you weigh that? Where everybody's going to weigh it differently. It's going to be interesting how the Bengals weigh it. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. He's Dave Lapham. Lap, you're the best man. I appreciate the time. James, anytime. You're, you're my man. <laughs> Dave Lapham is my guy. I appreciate you, Dave, for coming on. That, that Great stuff from him. What I think is interesting, I'm a wide receiver guy. You know the draft, and I'm all about the draft, and the draft is in 29 days. And I, I look at it, and it's – one of those things where if they could draft a wide receiver like Corey Davis and then get a speedster as well that can come in and be that guy on situational downs, on situational plays that the defense always has to be wary of, plus A.J. Green, plus Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd plus Cody Core. good luck. Like, that's the identity I want. I want the Bengals to be great at something in 2017. And adding a Corey Davis plus another wide receiver that could just burn down the field, that's something that I would jump at. I would love to see, uh, especially with the way Corey Davis can run after the catch. Stud. By the way, another guy, and we'll talk about him tomorrow with John Ledyard of InsideThePylon.com, also co-host of Locked On Draft, Locked On the NFL Draft podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And Uh, I'm going to ask John about Carlos Henderson from Louisiana Tech. He's a guy I really, really, really like.
and uh, we'll talk to him about Joe Mixon and, and so much more. So stay tuned for that tomorrow. And like I said, I'm going to make it up to you. I know I missed yesterday. I try not to miss any weekdays. And uh, that, that's something yesterday. It just came up at the radio station, ESPN 1530, where I on the fly had to fill in a three-hour show, didn't get to record the podcast yesterday. So for the next three days, I'm going to get you star-studded guests. 29 days until the NFL Draft. Tomorrow, John Ledyard, Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, will join us. And then Joe Goodberry, working on getting him for Friday, when we'll be just 27, less than four weeks away. 27 days from finding out who the Bengals pick in round one. Right now, it's 29 days away on Twitter. At Locked On Bengals, at James Erpine. Subscribe, iTunes, audioboom.com. In between now and then, now in the draft, I hope to get Dave Lapham on one more time. I won't jinx it. I'm James Erpine. I appreciate you listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild-card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020 and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.